again, everybody. It's time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 78. And uh, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor from themainland.com. I'm joined by Dave Rowe. David, how are you? I'm doing excellent, sir. Uh, always good to come on these things after a win. So, hey, couldn't ask for more. Let's make a habit of it. I, I think we should do that yeah. every week. So, uh, two for two, Orlando City, as you mentioned, uh, winning um, over the Philadelphia Union, a team that uh, had been a bit of a problem for Orlando City, especially at home. They had not beaten them, beaten the Union at home, and now that is off the table, and Orlando City has won two in a row against the Union suddenly and is 2-2-2 in the all-time series. And a lot of twos, because it was a two-to-one game, and uh, it was, uh, boy, it was quite a match. I've really was entertained by this match Dave it was a you know it was a hard fought battle Orlando and Philadelphia seem like they're becoming a, a, a nice low key rivalry in the Eastern Conference and it was extremely physical and Orlando City struck you know Kyle Laren doing his thing again and um, you know Philadelphia came out really hard after the half and and uh, managed to uh, seven minutes in to tie it up um on a CJ Sapong goal that kind of came out of nothing. It was uh, a good. It was it was like almost like Orlando City had a chance to break up the play with Giles Barnes, just getting there a tick late, and then the next thing you know, it's down the field getting crossed, takes a a, a bounce, and a bit of a deflection off of Bedoya, and CJ Sapong was who had battled all night against Jose Aja, suddenly found himself against a much smaller Will Johnson, got up and got the header to to equalize. And, um, and then just another moment of brilliance from Orlando City to set up Kyle Lahren second. And he really could have had a third. So uh, good game. I thought Orlando City was deserving uh, of the three points. And, um, you know, uh, the battle between Aha and Bedoy, uh, I'm sorry, Sapong all evening sort of personified that, that physical uh, sort of rivalry battle that we saw for, for 90 minutes on Saturday night. You read my mind. That was the first thing I was thinking about was that uh, Sapong and Aha battle. I mean, it was, it was physical. It was, I, it, it was, it was so physical that that uh, Spectre uh, got a yellow after trying to defend somebody. So you know, it was, uh, it, it, that 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 personified the match, like you said. Um, I agree. Orlando City deservedly won that. Um, we saw a definite. I mean, we, we won the time of possession. It was fifty. I don't remember the exact fifty something to forty something percent, much better than you know two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that allowed you know okay we have one defensive you know breakdown. Okay, C.J. Sapong, excellent player. Um, like you said, I, I think this would have been one of those things if Alha had been there. Maybe he doesn't have that opportunity. Um, you know, Will Johnson, like say, smaller player. Um, you know, not that Johnson played badly, right? I mean, and not and not a natural defender either. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's a D midfielder, and so and he's been doing an incredible job on that back line. You know, uh, as far as asking him to fill in there, so no complaints. Um, and, and you know, given the weird bounce, you know, that that ball took down there, I, I'm not sure that you know necessarily anybody would have been able to get to it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gosh, even Bendik, who, you know, is, is phenomenal, uh, all last year and this year so far, uh, you know, he wasn't able to stop it either. So, um, uh, it was a very, very fun game to watch. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I 
enjoyed it more because we were able to pull out the victory. Um, but um, yeah, uh, no complaints uh, anywhere on the field for me. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I thought that uh, there were a lot of good performances, honestly, on both sides. I mean, you know, the, the union played very hard um, and, you know, deserved uh, deserved the showing that, that, that they gave. And, and what I mean by that is they, they, uh, they battled to the whistle. They really did, and, and I, uh, I, you know, you got to tip your tip your hat to them. I thought that they played, um, you know, they 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 played hard, especially the second half, especially the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. They really had Orlando City for the really the only time in the match you saw Orlando City kind of on the back foot for a bit. Took them a little bit of time to respond to that. I think maybe they didn't uh, come out as, as um, you know, with the ferocity that they should have. But I thought that. Overall, like you said, a lot of great um, performances across the board. We'll talk a little bit about them uh, in a minute. Um, of course, Philadelphia with a late uh, heart-in-the-mouth moment uh, off a long throw-in. A ball fell perfectly for Ilsenio, who somehow got it through a ton of traffic and hit the left post. And it didn't take a true bounce off of that post, which probably helped a little bit. It kind of took a sideways bounce and stayed out. And Philadelphia was able to shuffle it back around for a cross that found Bedoya at the back post. And, and Bendick made was probably his save of the night to, to come out and just smother it with two hands and, uh, and then ran it down, outran Bedoya to get to the wall first. And uh, a very um, heroic moment from him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say nervy moment because it doesn't seem like this team rattles this year. At least we haven't seen that. But there were a few moments where they just couldn't quite corral the ball, and that, and it just it happened that uh, Philadelphia was able to fashion a couple late chances out of it. That's definitely the kind of game that Orlando City ends up drawing in the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely, and and what I'm hoping is that the um, the spirit that you're talking about that uh, you know I think it's a a, obviously, the you know the roster changes have been made have made a huge uh, um, factor have been a huge factor in, in all of this, and I think that you know like you said there was a couple times where they couldn't corral the ball. What I'm hoping that is is simply there have been roster changes. These guys are still learning to play with each other. I mean we're talking about a completely new back line here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, half the midfield is new, you know so there's there's so much communication and uh, learning to play with each other that, I mean, we're only two games in. So my hope is, is that it, it only gets better. And, you know, I mean, there's going to be lapses throughout the season, injuries, et cetera. But if this is hopefully a baseline and what I mean by baseline is of course, Hey, you know, start of the season. These guys have just started playing together. If, if this level is what can be grown upon, that bodes really well going forward. Yeah, an outstanding another uh, win against an Eastern Conference opponent, um, a team that they'll probably be battling for playoff positioning with uh, come the end of the year. So very important to get those three points, uh, knowing that they still have to go to Talon Energy Stadium for the last game of the season. Um, a lot of great performances throughout the night. Obviously, Kyle Laren gets the two goals. Everybody's going to point to that. Uh, but a- apart from the goals, he still played very well in other 
uh, facets of the game. He played a little more tenacious defense than what we're used to seeing from him. He passed the ball extremely well. 83% for him is a fantastic passing rate. Um, he often hovers in the low 60s um, after a game, uh, or at least in years past when he was the lone striker. Now he's got Carlos Rivas up top. And speaking of great performances, Carlos Rivas with an unbelievable uh, designated player-worthy performance uh, on Saturday night. He, of course, uh, set up the first goal with a fantastic run and cross, and uh, he played a big part in the second goal as well with a a, a little flick, and um, he, in fact, could have set up a, a, a help set up a Laren's third goal with a with a nice switch of the play, uh, and it was just a great performance for for Rivas, the Colombian. Uh, ends up uh, with his second assist already this season. And, um, you know, Matias Perez-Garcia with the primary assist on the second goal with uh, taking the little back heel flick from Rivas and, and pushing the ball perfectly out into space for Laren to run onto and, and beat uh, Andre Blake, a very good goalkeeper. Um, also, Antonio Nocherino with an unbelievable pass to start that second goal. He... He took a square ball from Aha in his own end, and somehow he saw Rivas between defenders and curved the ball between the defenders to him, and just in a way where it was perfect for Rivas to just flick it back to, to MPG. It was it was really amazing passing. In fact, there were I would like uh, in fact we lost our our video guy right as the beginning of the season started, but I would love to have a video breakdown of the passing. Uh, for the goals and for the third uh, attempt for where Laren missed uh, a little bit high and wide of the target because uh, the first goal uh, you had Jonathan Spector with just an unbelievable over-the-top ball to Rivas who who took it down in stride pulled it in nice and softly and, and rolled it out in front of him and then he he had the the barnstorming run into deep into the box and crossed it over all all Laren had to do was get a touch on the ball to put it in and um you know, like I, I already described the second play with the, with the you know, Aha to Nocherino to Rivas to MPG to Laren. And uh, there was another uh, moment where setting up the, the what would have been the third goal where the ball came to Nocherino. He one-timed it and hit Rivas in stride going up the left side. Rivas switched it back over to MPG. MPG pushed it over to, to Laren and uh, it very easily could have been a third goal. Um, and Laren said after the game, he told me that uh, – you know, he, he knows Andre Blake very well. Blake knows him. They've, they've faced each other many times, and he uh, came out and made himself big, and he just just couldn't quite put it where he wanted to put it. So I uh, wasn't able to get that third goal and get some little bit of insurance and breathing room. But uh, all of those players played well. Spectre played fantastically on defense. Um, who was your man of the match? Uh, um it's it's honestly it's going to be Revis. Um, the he did all the little things um, that you know Kyle scored the two goals and mm -hmm. that's awesome. But like you said, both of those goals um, were set up even if not in you know immediately assisted by Revis. Um, he obviously had the assist on the first one. That backflip was just a thing of beauty, <laughs> and you know and. and the the other one where he, he took when he took that long ball, he, you could not have played that any better. I mean, it comes into his body sideways as as he's turning, you know, the left foot just grabs it and lays it out in front of him to be able to play the ball just behind the defender. It was 
it was a thing. I, when they played it on the replay, I watched it again, and then I went back and watched it online again just because it was <laughs> so pretty. Um, and he was doing that type of work all night. Uh, you know, Coach Evren made a point of bringing that up in the uh, post-game press conference of, mm-hmm. you know, hey, look, okay, yeah, Kyle scored two goals, and they were awesome goals, but, you know, Rivas did, you know, excellent work tonight. And he, I mean, he came out and nobody asked him about it. He made a point on a different question of bringing that up. And that speaks volumes to me. So, yeah, for me, it was Carlos. Yeah, Rivas had a great game. And I, it's hard to argue with that. And, and obviously, we, I think, as a, uh, our grades of man of the match piece, uh, Austin chose uh, Laren, who did have a fantastic night. Uh, Rivas, like Laren, very active defensively, and we have not seen a lot of that in his time in Orlando. He really uh, got himself into passing lanes, broke up play very well, um, took took away lanes uh, for for Philadelphia to play out of the back, and um, you know he did a great job all night. The young Colombian plays like that; he'll certainly uh, more than you know earn that that designated player uh, slot that he's taken up. Uh, I thought Giles Barnes had, had another good game, and I think he's starting to, um, you know, get to know his teammates a little bit better. Obviously, he's not been with the team very long. He's, he, you know, that chemistry is going to come along more and more. There were a few times where he really – there were two times in particular he could have slipped in Rivas for a breakaway, and, yeah. he, and he held the ball. And that was that – was, you know, you wonder how much of it is because Giles Barnes is an attacking player and his instinct is to keep the ball – uh, but I think that when they go into the film room, you know, Jason Christ is going to say, yeah, you see Carlos right there. Yeah, he's got to get that ball in that spot. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a uh, like you said, they just the, the amount of time they've had together to know, to trust that, you know, to to make that pass instead of try and keep the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that that takes time. I yeah. mean, it simply takes time together. And, um, you know, oh, He'll obviously get that time, um, you know, still a while before Kaká comes back. We're obviously going to see uh, Barnes on the field more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, th- I think uh, e- even when Kaká comes back, to have um, e- even if Barnes goes to the bench, to have that to have that type of bench player. I mean, that's that's going to be phenomenal to have that type of depth. So absolutely, and and he's going to provide depth at multiple positions, which is is awesome. He's a versatile player, so. Um, my man of the match, I'm going to go a little bit, you know, obviously it'd be easy to say uh, Laren, and I certainly don't disagree with Rivas being a deserving uh, candidate. Uh, Spectre is another guy who you, who you could give it to. Uh, my my preference, who I'm going to give it to, is a little bit different, so I'm going to take some grief from it, and I don't care because I've already taken some grief online about it a little bit. Uh, I thought Antonio Nocherino had a phenomenal game. I knew and you were going to say that. He, he played, you know, people will point to his who scored uh, you know, uh, score, you know, his rating on there and say, well, see, he, you know, they only gave him this. I don't care what who scored gave him. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a mathematical algorithm. I'm, you know, I saw the game with my eyes. I saw what he was doing out there. Uh, I saw that he was taking away lanes. I saw that he was leading. He was encouraging his teammates. He was making great passes, uh, you know, he was getting forward. I mean, he got forward into the box on, on at least three occasions uh, and made himself a, a dangerous player, uh, which is something we have not seen from any of the d- defensive uh, midfielders on this team in two years. 
you could probably count on one hand the number of times D mids have been <laughs> in the uh, in the opposing team's penalty area. Well, and he even had that chance to score in the uh, what twenty second minute, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. MPG put the ball in for him, and I think yeah. he pulled. He knew Blake was coming, and I think he pulled up and, and didn't want to didn't want to you know swing the leg wildly and maybe get a card or something. I, th- I think he he pulled up because he certainly would have been within his rights to strike that ball, but. Uh, uh, it was it was just a great performance. I just thought he played well in every facet of the game. I thought he he and uh, Carrasco did a nice job, much much nicer job of keeping the ball flowing from the back line to the attacking line. And I, I think that was the difference between the New York City game and the Philadelphia game. And the fact that that was their aim coming in was to improve on that, and they accomplished it. And the way that he did it, and the fact that he had, um, you know. He basically started the second goal. He started the play that could have been a third goal, and he was just very active all night. I, I thought that he he played. I thought he played great. I, I asked Jason Christ about him after the game, and Jason Christ, who isn't given to hyperbole, used the word spectacular and just raved about his play. So, um, you know, obviously Jason thought that he had a great game as well, and so Antonio Notorino is my man of the match, even though. It could have gone. It's a close thing. It could have gone to yep. any number of other players. I, I was going to say, I think, I think what we, uh, what we're running into here with the <laughs> man of the match, because you know, the, the man of the match in the, in the article was uh, Kyle. You know, I choose Rivas and you choose Nostrino. Well, I think what we're we're running into is an embarrassment of riches in this game. <laughs> I mean, we had a lot of, like you said, Specter. I mean, we had a lot of guys that contributed it play well. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, uh, if, if we have, uh, you know, three separate uh, man of the matches every week, that's obviously going to be a great thing. So I, I'm I, I, I can't argue with you about Antonio either. So I, I'm 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 loving all of it. And MPG had a, had a good game. Obviously, he's asked to do a lot now with with Kakai out. So uh, I thought he did a very good job. We've seen we saw some moves out of him that we have not seen since he's been in Orlando. He, he brought out the whole bag of tricks. He was. He was back healing. He was doing double switches, and uh, he was just like a water bug out there. He was drawing fouls all over the place and getting grabbed and and uh, leaving guys in his wake. So it was it was a fun game to watch, just from a lot of a lot of different perspectives. Then, Obviously, you get the win, but it was an entertaining game and a physical game. So I think it had a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about physical, I mean the the first thing we mentioned, Aha on Sapong. I mean. Mm-hmm. That once again, Aha had a spectacular game. I mean, he, uh, Sapong, the only time he scored was when Aha wasn't on him. So, uh, you know, it, that that right there shows exactly how well he played his position. So, it, like I say, an embarrassment of riches this week and uh, uh, hard to complain about much. Absolutely. Sapong and, and Aha, I'm sure, both saw the ice tub a bit after that game. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were remarking in the press box about how physical those two were, and it was it was a war. It was it was fun to watch. But, uh, uh, you know, 2-0 for Orlando City, six points out of a possible six. First time the team has ever started the season with back-to-back victories, and uh, it's nice to see that they're uh, right there tied for the top of the Eastern Conference, even though they've got a game in hand against uh, everybody else in the conference. So uh, we go into the international break now, and, um, you know, that'll give the the team, they'll have a few days off. I believe they're back to training, I believe tomorrow. I don't think that they train today. I could be wrong, but I think they're back to training tomorrow, uh, except for the guys that are on international duty. Uh, I believe Kyle went to play with Team Canada, and... um, you know, they'll, they'll be, uh, 
It'll be a little bit of a break, but the team will still train, and I think that'll give time for the new guy, Scott. I, they told me to pronounce it Suter, Scott Suter, but it was pronounced Scott Sutter on uh, Mackenzie Thurkill's uh, video the other day when he got to town. So I'm not sure if it's actually Sutter or Suter. Maybe we're we'll have to ask him. I was going to say we need to we need to find out. He may, he may have just been being nice to Mackenzie because yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably a gentleman. He's probably a gentleman. So. Yeah, hopefully the team would, would tell their video person how to pronounce it before the, the video. But um, if not, you know, we'll, we'll 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 get to the bottom. But we'll ask him. I, I, how, here, I, how do you want us to say your name? <laughs> here's what we'll do. Until we find out, you say Suter, I'll say Sutter, and then we'll write at least half the time. All right. Yeah, we'll be fifty percent. So, um, you know, he'll come in. He'll he'll get a, a you know a little bit more than a week of training with the club. Uh, probably isn't going to start at Columbus on April 1st, but it gives the team a, a natural right back. Kevin Alston is is uh, getting back to full health, so he he should possibly be available as well. Um, and, you know, you hate to mess with what's worked, but you, if you can make the team better by moving Will Johnson into the defensive midfield, then I think you need to do that, play a natural right back at right back. Uh, and so... You know, Orlando City may get a little healthier and may be a little bit better as they move forward. So that's a good sign. De- depth is good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dave, Orlando Pride opened their preseason uh, last weekend. Um, they played Stetson University, which, uh, you know, they're not a, a soccer power and they're not a big school. They don't maybe have some of the resources that some of the other schools have. But uh, the Pride had no problem with Stetson. They won 9 nothing. Uh, with eight different goal scorers. So even though it may not be, um, you know, they're not playing, you know, PSG or Lyon, but uh, <laughs> they, you know, it's good to get out and get a run out and get a win and uh, put nine balls in the back of the net. Yes. And uh, as we found out last week, I, I have mixed feelings about this one. Um, I, of mm-hmm. course, am a graduate of Stetson and used to be was- the hatter. We used to be the Hatter, and so, uh, uh, of course, I'm an Orlando Pride fan, so I'm, I'm happy that they got out there and do that, uh, did that, and uh, here, here's how I'm going to justify everything for myself. Okay, you know what? You're right. Stetson, they're not a powerhouse, but what they got to do was to play against somebody better, and how do you get better? You play against somebody better than you are, so, mm-hmm. yeah, they got their butts kicked, but at least they got to see that level of, of – soccer being played and you know maybe that inspires them and maybe they go into great things this year and 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 during their season and uh and it's a good tune-up for the pride uh obviously um if uh we're scoring goals then that gives people confidence and you know that's always a good thing so i'm trying to put a positive spin on both of the both of these teams for myself uh obviously it's a little easier on one side than the other but uh but yeah no great start for the uh the pride and of course they've got the other uh, florida schools that they'll be uh touching base with uh going forward but uh oh man as a hatter that one hurt yep next up for the pride uh they'll be at south florida this weekend uh we will to my knowledge not have somebody at that game but uh uh, unless I could talk somebody into driving out for that, because <laughs> that's a pretty good haul for all of us, even though we're kind of spread out a bit. Um, we will have uh, somebody at another game in that area, though, uh, this weekend, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. I, it was kind of fun because I, I kept running into people 
um, Saturday night. I, I was in the press box. I came out um, and I ran into Seb Hines. And it was good to talk to Seb because I, you know, I asked Seb about his knee. He said he, he had to have it done. It's something that's been kind of bothering him for a long time. He's he's needed it done. He tried to tried to get away without having the surgery, and you know, it, he just doesn't have that explosion in his in his leg. You know, because you you know when your knee is messed up, you know you can't run and you can't jump the way you normally would. So um, he's glad he got it done. You know, he didn't. He was dreading going under the knife, but everything went well, and he's looking forward to. You know, rehabbing it, getting it back to, to full fitness and, and getting out there. And, and he really wants to show the fans that he's a better player than what they've seen so far. And I, I believe, you know, I've said it many times that, that, you know, I think he's been playing hurt. And that's probably why we're seeing what we're seeing out of him. And he more or less can confirm that to me that, you know, he just hasn't been himself. And he, he thought he could get by with just rehabbing and not having to have surgery and getting it cleaned out. But now it's been done, and hopefully he'll come back stronger than ever. Well, you know, that really just goes to show one of the benefits of having one of our uh, – having our uh, jersey sponsor be Orlando Health. Uh, <laughs> so having, having that relationship absolutely helps, especially when uh, players need rehab or <laughs> surgeries or anything else. So uh, – um, well, that's that's good to hear. I'm glad you ran into him, and uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's um, it, it was never that his heart wasn't there. Obviously, it was that his knee wasn't there. So mm-hmm. hopefully, um, you know, like you said, surgery went well. Um, he, he comes back from that, and hey, you know what? Um, coach is the kind of guy where if uh, you're the guy in practice that's making the plays and doing the things you're going to be along on the field. So, um, he will have every opportunity to, to be that guy. And, and so I think if we, uh, if, uh, after all it shakes out and if we see him on the field, it's going to be because he earned it. Yeah. One of the things too, is that you're going to get into, to a, a schedule where you're seeing a lot of games and you're going to need that depth. You're going to need to call on guys that, that haven't been in the starting lineup. And, and he's a guy that can come in and he gives you a little bit something different too, because he gives you, a presence on set pieces that we really haven't gotten from anybody else. He, he gives you some quality in the air on set pieces. He've, he's shown an ability to get on the ball and, and head it into the net and, and really haven't seen that out of many people um, over the past couple of years. Set pieces have not been a, a big strength for Orlando City. And, uh, and Seb is, is somebody that certainly gives you a better percentage chance of scoring on those. And that was with a bad knee. Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's... It, you know, we wish him the best. We hope he gets gets better. I also ran into uh, Jasmine Spencer and Kristen Edmonds because, of course, the whole Pride team was at the game on Saturday night. But I saw them after the game, and, and Jasmine is the one who had more than one goal out of the nine. Everybody else just had one. Um, but I, I looked at the two of them, and I said, what, only nine goals today? You couldn't get ten? You couldn't get the double figures? And they just started laughing. Said, you know, hey, we tried. You know. <laughs> so it could have been a worse day for your Stetson Hatters. Uh, yeah, at least you didn't get the double digits. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to take I'm trying to take the yeah. positives where I can. Maybe they maybe those uh, uh, those young women on Stetson learned a few tricks from uh, from the pros. Uh, on uh, on Saturday. So. Now getting back to the other game that's going to be over in the uh, the Tampa area this weekend. Orlando City B is going to take on Tampa Bay Rowdies in the USL season opener. The I-4 Derby is back with uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies switching from the NASL to the USL this year. Uh, they got some familiar faces in Luke Bowden, Martin Patterson, former Orlando City striker. Um, 
they have Deshaun Brown, who is a, a striker that played for the Colorado Rapids, and we've played against them in the USL days when we uh, played them in U.S. Open Cup. So some familiar faces over there. It's a very talented team, actually. The Tampa Bay Rowdies, you may not want to hear this if, you, if you're an Orlando City fan and you hate Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, but they are a very talented USL team, and they're probably going to have a pretty good season. Uh, this is not going to be a very easy game for uh, Orlando City B, a team that has uh, struggled through the preseason to score goals and is is very largely a work in progress because they are uh, there is so much turnover from last year's team and there's it's a developmental team so these these are mostly young players who are learning to play the game and are being groomed to hopefully step up into the senior team at some point down the road the way that uh, Tony Rocha has done that the way that Mikey Ambrose did last year the way that Pierre da Silva did from you know between last year and this year. Um, you know, it's it's a tough, tough t- task to start the season. Um, the thing that might be the great equalizer is emotion, and this is going to be an emotional game on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and it, I would urge everybody to to take to heart exactly what you just said. Is um, you know, as much as we want Orlando City B to win, uh, it is a developmental you know squad for us. So. Um, I also think that uh, on the flip side of that, Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, I think they, they may be up for it too. It's like we said, it's the I-4, you know, challenge. And, and it's uh, it's they're not a develop, developmental squad. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be all in this. And uh, that will make it tougher for us. Um, it'll be weird watching Luke... Uh, not in purple, uh, but, uh, you know, we wish him the best. Uh, and it's, I, I mean, if we were to have to do match predictions, I'm, I'm not real hopeful because of exactly what you said. A lot of turnover, a lot of new guys. Um, that being said, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's, uh, you know, a- any given game, uh, somebody breaks through gets a goal defense hunkers down who knows mm-hmm. um it's it, it'll be it'll be an interesting match i wish i could say i was more hopeful but um you know uh, as as long as it goes towards the the end goal that we that you just spoke of of getting the players moving them on up the chain it's it's all doing what it's supposed to do yeah maybe we'll get a big game at earl edwards jr in the in the net and that might uh, you know, keep things tight, and maybe uh, Orlando City B can can get a goal from Michael Cox or or, uh, or uh, Dequa, the the young kid from the from Montverde Academy that was that was uh, signed. And you know, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Jason Christ, with a week off, uh, loans a, pl- a player or two down. There's a, an opportunity you might see Pierre De Silva play, uh, who, by the way, we didn't even mention he got his MLS debut on Saturday night. Uh, got a few minutes at the end of the Philadelphia game. He's the first player to ever play. Uh, for the Orlando City Academy, OCB, and Orlando City in the MLS. So um, a milestone for the club and, and certainly a milestone for Pierre. He might get uh, a, a, you know, a, a loan down for the game. You might see somebody like PC get sent down for a game to, to, uh, to play. You might see Kevin Alston possibly on a rehab stint. Um, it's it's kind of hard to say what Jason Christ will do with, a, with you know, some time. He might even send uh, Tommy Redding down uh, to get a game. So it's it's... 
It's going to be interesting to see uh, here in the next couple days. We should know. We should get a press release probably by Thursday to see, you know, who's who's going to get sent down, if anybody, for uh, for the game on Saturday. Actually, we might not even know till Friday. And if all that happens, well, then everything I said is out the window and game on. <laughs> yeah, although it's still going to be a collection, not a bunch of guys that have, that are used to playing together on the team. So uh, it'll be um, it's going to be interesting. It always is in the I four Derby. And if you're if you're heading over to Alang Stadium in St. Petersburg, please represent the club well, represent the city well, and uh, you know don't resort to hooliganism or or even retaliation if the other uh, supporters, uh, resort to it first. Um, I think the important thing is to, um, you know, like Ron Burgundy said, you stay classy. Well, and, uh... what, what we want them to do, what we want them to do is we actually want them to be like the union fans were not like the New York city fans. Right, were. right, right. They took, uh, the union fans, if you're not uh, familiar, a group of the sons of Ben took pictures with the Orlando police department, uh, you know, smiling and, and, you know, took a big selfie of the group. So um, they didn't steal any seats either. Yeah, didn't 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 try to choke any cops or anything. So yeah, uh, kudos so to be the like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we got more to talk about with Orlando City B, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get to talk to head coach Anthony Pulis. And uh, why don't we get to that interview right after this? Well, as we mentioned earlier, this is the uh, beginning of the USL season, and Orlando City B is going to uh, kick things off with a road game in the I-4 Derby. And uh, joining us to talk about that and and plenty of other things is uh, none other than Orlando City B head coach Anthony Pulis. Anthony, how are you, and uh, welcome to the program. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to start out by just asking you um, how difficult it is for you as as a USL coach when you're when you're dealing with um, you know a, an MLS two side and you have to you know you have to build your roster based on you know not only USL players but uh, maybe those that uh, Jason Christ is going to send your way um, and maybe you don't really know what you're going to have until the season is a, is upon you. What you know what are some of the challenges as a coach in the USL for for an MLS two team? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it is a difficult challenge. Um, I learned a lot last year, um, and one of the biggest lessons that I learned, and, and I've tried to tell myself so far, is, um, is just worry about what I can control. Um, last year, I spent too much time worrying and stressing, and the uncertainty of which players we were going to be getting for games, the uncertainty of which players we were going to have for training, and trying to prepare the team. Um, so it, it is what it is. Um, like I say, it's, it's. I think it's definitely a, a positive for the for the club and the organisation as a whole to have OCB um, to develop these younger players. Not only the ones on the MLS roster that need minutes, um, but also the the guys that we've signed to USL contracts and also um, to some academy players that that hopefully will get an opportunity this year. Um, if, if they do well enough and they, and they deserve and, and earn that right to, to play for OCB. So, listen, it, it's a challenge on a daily basis, um, just with the training and the dynamics and also on a, on a game-to-game basis, um, especially with the way our schedule is this year. At the start, if you look, I think we play nine games in 34 days. So we've been <laughs> given a really tough start. So to try and manage um, for the organization to try 
try and manage those two rosters, so the MLS roster and the OCB roster, is uh, is going to be difficult. But if we if we organise ourselves properly, then then hopefully everything should run smoothly. Uh, Coach, you know, there's really no better way to kick off the season than against a, a big rival. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies and Orlando City go way back, and, and the I-4 Derby is a is a pretty heated rivalry. But now you're playing a, against a team with a very different makeup. You're, you know, some of the USL teams obviously are trying to develop talent, and, and you could certainly have successful seasons. I think New York Red Bulls, too, showed how dominant uh, a, a, an MLS2 team could be. But there are teams like Tampa Bay that are, are just building – to win, to win now, and also, uh, in some respects, to make themselves look good for a, a bid for MLS. Um, what is it about this, uh, the disparity in the ways that clubs are, are building their teams that that makes that you know that that makes USL soccer so uh, interesting and so um, varied? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic league. I think if you look at the way the league has grown over the last few years, it's it's fantastic and it's a credit to everybody um, at USL for the way the league has grown and developed. And the fact now that you have this disparity with, with independent teams, strong independent teams, I'm, I might add. Um, if I go back to sort of two or three years ago when I was playing for Orlando City in the USL, no disrespect to some of the teams that were around then, but the quality of team now is streets ahead. And added into the mix now, um, lots of MLS2 sides that are bringing in real quality young talent um, to develop. Uh, I, I think it makes for a fantastic league. Um, and like you just said, I, I think the New York Red Bulls too are probably the, the shining light and the example for all of us MLS2 teams to look up to and, and see the way that not only did they develop younger talent, but also they won games and they were successful. And I honestly believe that that is that is possible, and that's what all MLS2 teams, including ourselves, should be looking at. Um, yes, winning is not the be-all and end-all for our team. Um, we want to develop talent, improve the talent, to give them the opportunity to go and play at the MLS level for Orlando City. But if you can do that whilst winning games and creating that winning culture within your club, then I think you're on to a, onto a really good thing. Yeah, and I think it illustrates, too, that... Um you know, if, if you build a strong academy and a strong pipeline to the senior team, then, you know, your USL side is certainly going to reflect that. Yeah, definitely. And again, I'll go back to the balls. I mean, um, they've, they've had a, a fantastic academy that's been in the running now for a, for a good few years. And I think we're still, we're still in the infancy, infancy of that, if you like. If you look at how many years our academy's been going, um, and you look at the how many years the academies of the New York Rebels, the LA Galaxies, the, the Seattle, the Portlands, um, we're, we're still behind those guys a little bit. But I'm really confident um, that in a few years' time, hopefully we will reap the benefits of, of the good work of our academy. And we've, we've got a fantastic academy director in place in David Longwell, who does an excellent job with the young players. And given time, um, given the resources, then there's no reason why we can't uh, be promoting more players from the academy to get them into our USL team. Now, one uh, interesting wrinkle this year going up against Tampa Bay Rowdies is that uh, we're going to see some familiar faces. Luke Bowden is over there, and, and they, they signed Martin Patterson, who was with Orlando City uh, two years ago. Uh, does that help you, knowing those players, or, or is it um, does it make things a little more challenging because they also know you? Uh, yeah, a bit of both. To be honest, it's a good question. It's, it's strange because I've played with both of those players. Obviously, played with Bods here at Orlando for many years. 
Um, Len was obviously on the coaching staff while he was here as a player. So I know Bod's inside out as a player and a person. He's a fantastic player and arguably going to be probably the best left back in the league. Um, and then I know Martin Patterson well. I actually grew up with him and um, and played um, played together while we were at Stoke City. So I know I know Pato really well. So I know his tendencies as a player. And but they also know me and and my personality and the, probably the way that I want want our team to set up and our team to play. So it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, we're under no illusions whatsoever that it's going to be a very, very difficult game. I think if you look at the Rowdies roster, they've probably on paper got the best roster in USL. Um, they've got a wealth of, of experience here domestically in MLS and also internationally as well. So we know going there it's going to be a huge challenge, but one that we're really looking forward to and, and I can't wait. One of their interesting signings was a guy who uh, who played in MLS and, and did very well. And in fact, the Colorado Rapids wanted him back, and that's Deshaun Brown. What what kind of challenge is he going to be for your back line? Yeah, big challenge. Um, we actually played against Deshaun a couple of years ago when we went to Colorado in the Open Cup, um, and he actually destroyed us that, that <laughs> night. And, and I, um, we've watched some film and some video of them in preseason. Um, we were actually finalizing the clips today. And, and he's going to be a real threat. Um, he's quick, he's strong, he's powerful. Um, so, yeah, we, we know that whoever ends up playing on, on the back line on Saturday evening is going to have to be uh, be performing at the, at the top top level to try and keep him quiet for sure. Now, we know that the fans of these two teams don't like each other very much, but what's it like as a professional soccer player uh, playing in these rivalry games? What are your emotions like on the field for games like this? Yeah, it's, it's excellent. I mean, coming from England, I'm, I'm used to having these local rivalries, and, 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 I'm, and I love this one with the Rowdies, to be honest. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's great for for U.S. soccer that there's, there's these rivalries, and you can see them growing now more and more around the country, but it certainly adds that little bit of extra spice, but you know that there's a lot of local pride on the line, and, and it'll be my job this weekend to make sure that the players fully understand how important this game is. Um, to our sort of hardcore supporters, if you like, the ones that have been around since day one. Um, and I, I'm just really excited that this, this kind of I-4 derby rivalry has been reborn again. It's kind of gone quiet the last couple of years since since we obviously expanded into MLS and, um, and the Rowdies were in NASL and, um, and we didn't have those pre-season uh, games, if you like. But now with us playing them, we're going to play them three times this year, once down at Tampa and obviously twice in our, in our new stadium. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Now you, you just said the magic words, new stadium, right there. What, uh, you know, obviously you guys are going to be looking forward to playing in in Orlando City Stadium this year rather than out in Melbourne. What do you think this is going to be? Uh, you know, what differences do you see this new stadium bringing to your team this year? Well, first and foremost, um, the players need to understand how fortunate they are to be playing in such a fantastic arena. I don't think there's going to be any better in the USL to play in this year. It could kind of work the other way because if I'm sort of putting my, myself in the in the shoes of the opposition, they're coming into our fantastic new stadium and, and looking at the, the lovely field and the lovely facilities and it may it may make them raise their game a little bit. So again, that that's a challenge that we're going to have to face. Um, but um, no disrespect to East Florida State and, and Melbourne because they were fantastic hosts to us. But um, I, I'm I'm really excited to to be able to lead a team in that new stadium this year. It's going to be, it's going to be an excellent experience for, for us and for all the players involved. So last year, obviously, Orlando City made a coaching change from, from Adrian Heath to Jason Kreiss. What is it like for you in terms of, 
you know, what, what are the difficulties in changing a system uh, based on the first team coach? And what is the communication line between the first team coaching staff and the OCB coaching staff like? Yeah, it's, it's never easy being, um, being a staff member and being in a club um, that, that has a, a head coaching change. And, and obviously, I, I've known Adrian a long time. and He signed me as a player and then um, was instrumental in, in bringing me onto the coaching staff. So I've got a lot to thank Adrian for. Um, but from my point of view, I, I looked at it as a positive and, and the fact that I can now learn from another experienced coach that's already been hugely successful in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, with, the, with, the, with the stage that I'm at in my coaching career, I'm, I'm in the infancy of it. And, and to be able to be around um, Jason and his staff on a daily basis and trying to almost soak up everything I can and, and learn as much as I can. And, um, and the, to answer the second part of your question, the relationship is very, very good. We are, we're close. We, we're obviously, our offices are literally just probably 10 feet opposite each other in the, in the facility um, down at Lake Sylvan. So with regards to a playing philosophy, a playing style, um, how, we, how we run things in our training sessions, the day-to-day dynamics um, of, of running our groups, they're, they're very much aligned. And I think that's really important because having players moving back and forth between OCB and Orlando City and last team, it's hugely important that they are aligned because what, what you don't need is, is sort of the first team doing something and we're doing something completely different or playing a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And then those guys come and play for us and I'm asking them to do something completely different to what Jason's asked them to do. That's when it can get difficult for the players um, and it's not, it's not easy on them when that happens. So... <clears throat> I, I think it's, like I say, it's, it's really, really important that, that we're all on the same page, which we are, um, and hopefully we can uh, we can both have successful seasons. Do you anticipate having any first-teamers sort of uh, loaned to you for for the weekend? Uh, I wouldn't possibly tell you and give you any idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> I have to ask. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, no, so I think I think there will I think there will definitely be opportunities for uh, for MLS players to get minutes with us. How many and when? Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, fair enough, fair enough. So, who are some of the guys that you've signed this year uh, to the USL side that maybe our fans, you know, because it's, it's it's largely you know a lot of turnover this year from last year. Who are some of the guys that yeah. that um, you're excited to see out there on the field? Well, all of them that we've signed. I'm really excited about, and I'm, I'm not just saying that. I think the guys that we've signed all have potential to really go on, improve, and and have excellent careers. Now, hopefully, some of them can do that and, and make a jump to MLS with Orlando City. That's not that, that's not that's not going to happen for all 15, 16 guys or whatever we have that signed. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if you were to push me and I was to have to single some out, I think Zach Carroll. Um, a centre-back that we signed from New York Rebels. Um, I was delighted with his addition. He had an outstanding rookie year last year for the Rebels too. Won a championship, uh, got in the team of the year. Um, so I'm pleased with his acquisition. The two boys we signed from Montverde Academy, uh, Decoy and Yemeni, both have big big potential, big futures. They're still very young. Um, we've got Joe Gallardo and Riley Craft, who are both young, both 18, 19 years old. Um, so we're going to have to be patient and, and almost manage them carefully because of how young they are. But those two have got got big talents. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's I, I don't I honestly don't like singling players out because I sure. do think we've got a good group and, 
And the, the biggest thing that's impressed me so far has been their mentality every day. The intensity level, the energy level, the enthusiasm levels, of, and the quality of training has been fantastic so far. I think we've probably only had one or two sessions during pre-season that I've not been happy with. So from that point of view, it's been a really, really good start. The challenge now um, for us is to whatever 11 we have on the field is to try and get them to, to gel together and, and play together as a group because it's, like we touched on earlier, it's so difficult because there's so many moving parts with this team to get continuity. Um, and that's that's my biggest challenge as a coach and, and my job to try and get them to, to gel and to, to play together for, for every single game that we step on the field in USL this year. And your team obviously was, is, is a, a beneficiary of sorts of the the partnership between Orlando City and uh, Atletico Paranaense down in Brazil. You guys get Leo Pereira on a season-long loan. Yeah. And uh, what did you see? Of, of Did you see Leo play? Did you have some, some scouting before the, the deal was made? Or how did that come about? Yeah, we always try and do our due diligence. We're quite thorough with our recruitment. Um, we like to watch a, a good amount of games, um, full games, so we get a real good idea of, of their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, what kind of player they are. But then we also then delve deeper and, and sort of go into their character and their personality and, and find out what they're like away from the field, what their mentality is like, and if they're going to fit into the culture and the way that we want to work. And um, every player that we've signed has gone through that. Um, and, and Leo Pereira is no different. So he's actually going to be arriving this week. Um, it's been a, it's taken a lot longer than we'd hoped. We hoped the visa process would have been shorter, but for whatever reason it hasn't. So... He'll be here this week and we'll assess him and see where he's at fitness-wise and we'll go from there. But he's another one, like like all the guys that we've got um, with OCB, that I'm really looking forward to working with over the next eight to nine months. Well, Anthony Pulis, head coach of Orlando City B, thanks so much for being with us on the Mainland Podcast and certainly the best of luck to you this season and especially Saturday against those Rowdies. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right, so big thanks to Anthony Pulis again. Uh, really appreciate him coming back on the show. We've had him on before. Always a good interview, and uh, we appreciate his time in what is a very busy game week, his first game week of the season uh, for the USL Lions. Uh, they're going to be over there taking on those rowdies, and then they're going to be uh, home the week after against former Orlando City affiliate Louisville City, another very, very good Eastern Conference team. So uh, a very tough schedule to start the season for Orlando City B. And if they can, uh, you know, if they can hold down the fort and steal some points here and there the first part of the season uh, while they're still gelling, um, you know, it might bode well. They might get back in the playoffs here in 2017. So thanks again to Ant and uh, thanks to Lucas uh, from Orlando City for setting up that interview. Um, Dave, before we get out of here, a couple uh, items of you know note. We're not having any Orlando City games this weekend other than OCB. Uh, obviously, the Pride has another preseason friendly. But uh, the U.S. men's national team is back in the hex and a walking wounded team without a lot of you know first choice uh, players is going to have to beat Honduras. And this is a must win. So uh, it's out in San Jose, California. Uh, you know, they just announced. Uh, yesterday that or maybe it was even this morning uh, that uh, everybody's favorite U.S. men's national team striker Chris Wondolowski was called up Um, (laughs) what do you see happening is this are we gonna you know is is Bruce Arena gonna gonna throw us a lifeline in the hex and and get this victory sure 
<laughs> you know, uh, so when 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 Bruce took over, um, there was a lot of debate of you know what he was going to do and and how he's going to go about it, and he obviously has been very uh, U.S. player based versus you know when Jurgen was bringing guys from Germany and. Um, I wasn't overly worried about it, but the injury bug has, um, has hit, uh, we brought in Sasha and now Wando and I'm going to go with, I hope I, I'm hoping that that coach knows something I don't, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know, nothing against Wando, uh, but, uh, he, the last couple times he's been out there, I haven't really seen what I would want to see, especially when they start getting closer to my age. Um, <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that he's going to play, but obviously he's in, he's in the squad. Now, uh, one interesting note is we, we will see, obviously we'll see Altidore. Bobby Wood hurt. That definitely doesn't help things. But That Clint, doesn't uh, help. But Clint Dempsey is going to be able to play. Uh, Nagby can play, and Christian Pulisic can play. It's not like there's... The, the cupboard's bare where you're where you're missing guys is like a Fabian Johnson, uh, a Bobby Wood, uh, a DeAndre Yedlin. Those are guys that you definitely would want in there. Uh, we will have Jeff Cameron, which is good. We'll have uh, Tim Howard. So, you know, it's there is talent on this team. It is a home game. Um, Honduras is a good team, but they're going to put a lot of guys behind the ball and try to to right. uh, grind out a result. So it just really comes down to can the U.S., get a moment of magic and force Honduras out of that shell and open the game up. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to say we do. And, and, and not for uh, any other reason than it is must win. And um, I, I think that there's enough uh, heart and pride uh, on that team with the players that are there, which is a lot of what, you know, Bruce was talking about was, you know, wanting players that want to play for their country. So, mm-hmm. I think I think that 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 will see them through. I I it's not going to be a dominating game by any stretch of the imagination. I think we probably win by one goal, whether that's one zero or two one. Um, and uh, I think Pulisic is going to be. I'm I'm a big believer in his, and I think that he may be the key. Um, Clint being back, you know, kind of the the heart and fire of that team that that helps. Um, you know, not sure exactly how much playing time he'll get, but you know, even if even if he's just there, I think that'll that'll help. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like uh, when that comes out, so we can. I think we'll have a better idea at that point. The other thing is, is of course, there's uh, the second match against Panama is what four days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if I think if the U.S. can get out, get to an early lead, uh, get a goal. You know, first 30 minutes or so, um, I, I think that bodes well. And then, you know, we may see some of those guys that, you know, I was just complaining about a little bit ago. <laughs> and, and and if that's when we see them, that's fine. If that means that they're resting for Panama, okay. Um, but uh, I, I'm i going to cop out a little bit. I, I, I want to see how the line, the first lineup looks. I, I really do. Um, but, I, but, you know, my gut tells me uh, we win by one against Honduras and then, uh, you know, uh, I 
let's see, it's Friday, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We won't have time to talk about the other one before it happens, will we? No, we'll have to talk about it next week. Um, uh, and we'll we, just have to talk about review. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, yeah, I think the U.S. will be – I think they'll be okay. But, obviously, it, the, the first goal is huge in that game because if, if Honduras is going to play five at the back and, and can get a lead, it's going to certainly be difficult to take the game from them at that point. So, um, the U.S. has to come out strong hopefully score early and because I, I just think the pressure will mount throughout the game if they don't have a goal uh, by halftime it's gonna it's gonna start to to eat at them a little bit and it's gonna make things even dif- more difficult if they tighten up so uh, hopefully they'll come out and get a goal early and uh, open this thing up and, and take care of business and then you know Panama if you can go to Panama get a draw I think that's a, a, a decent result and, and if they can get four points out of these two games uh, they'll be back on track. So, uh, good luck to everybody involved. By the way, we should mention our, our own Scott Carnival is going to uh, head over to uh, Tampa Bay to cover that OCB Tampa Bay Rowdies game. I forgot to mention that earlier. So, uh, Scott, drive safely, and uh, we're expecting a full report. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, Dave, before we get out of here, the ICC International Champions Cup is coming to Orlando. And um, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, now, as a big Manchester United fan and a big Roma fan, I was pretty excited to hear we were getting a game here in Orlando, but neither of those teams is coming, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> instead, we were getting Tottenham Hotspur uh, against uh, PSG, so a French team against an English Premier League team. Uh, it's it's a couple of um, you know world-famous uh, football clubs, uh, good, good footballing clubs, and I think it will be at Camping World Stadium. Uh, a nice, uh, a nice friendly for uh, the locals. Yeah, well, anytime that uh, uh, you know we can see one uh, the other teams from the the other Premier type leagues, you know, La Liga, uh, English Premier League, you know, Bundesliga, et cetera. Um, that's an opportunity, and this is not a knock on MLS at all. Obviously, I think that it's a league that is is growing and that I love watching, uh, but you know. You're a Man United fan, and I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, we do hold that against each other, but that's for private conversations later. Um, <laughs> but but regardless, uh, you know, any opportunity to see that level of play uh, is a uh, a boon to those who get to do it. So uh, for those of you who uh, are around there, I am fortunately am too far away to make it. But uh, if you have the opportunity, go watch the game. Um, you know, when I did study abroad in England, I got to go see matches as well as over there, and it's it's phenomenal. I mean, you know, any time that you have anybody come over, whether it's a friendly against Orlando City or it's a World Cup or or ICC, take the opportunity to go watch it. You know, as far as the match that's going to be there, well, I'm biased again. You know, for uh, English Premier League, so I'm going to have to go for Tottenham, but uh, you know. That's. I'm a Liverpool fan. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, and here you are picking another London club. So come on, uh, picking, a, picking a London club. You can't be a Liverpool fan and pick a London club, can you? Uh, um, it's like being an ACC fan or an SEC fan. <laughs> you can play, uh, but you can watch that game, uh, Dave, because it'll be on ESPN two at eight o'clock on July twenty second. That's a Saturday night uh, at Camping World Stadium. It's Paris Saint Germain 
and Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, it, it should be a good matchup. We're going to apply for credentials for that because we do for all the, the major events, and hopefully we'll have somebody there live tweeting and, and recapping the, sto- you know, the game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much we see of of players like Harry Kane and, and Dele Alli and, and guys like that and, you know, some of the stars for PSG as well. Uh, because you never know what you're going to get in these types of games. Sometimes you get them for, you know, the star players only get 10 minutes and it's a bunch of, uh, you know, younger guys. Uh, uh, you know, will we get Julian Draxler? Will we get uh, Angel de, de Maria? Will we get Edinson Cavani uh, for Paris Saint-Germain? I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, one thing I don't know yet is what the what the ticket prices are going to be. I know that they've been very high for some of these ICC games. And... International Champions Cup game down in Miami. Our our graphics manager Jorge Gallardo lives down there, and he was looking for tickets for for Real Madrid Barcelona, and uh, yeah, he was he was looking at four tickets, and it was going to cost him over a thousand dollars for four tickets. So um, I don't I don't know what the pricing will be here for the for this particular matchup, um, but certainly. Uh, that's a little ridiculous in my book for a friendly. Well, yeah, but I mean, Barca and Real, I mean, okay. I, I understand. I, I, I agree with you that it's ridiculous, but I also understand why they go, eh, let's try it. Maybe we'll pay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's what it is. It's like you would, you would like for the, the altruistic nature of humans to say, hey, you know, there's a bunch of Americans here. They don't get to go visit their team in Spain. You know, let's make it accessible to everyone. Uh, but no, that's not the way the world really works. The world really works. It's like, hey, how much can we get? You know, and why these big teams do this tournament and why they come over here in the summer is because they can, you know, they can make a lot of money. Uh, yep. by coming over here and the tickets are outrageous and the, the merchandise is outrageous and they'll sell a ton of tickets and they'll sell a ton of merchandise no matter what price tag they put on them because people will pay because of the event the fact that they don't normally get to see manchester united or or you know or tottenham or whoever you know now michael uh, hold on are you <laughs> saying that international football associations are <laughs> not benevolent hmm I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're capitalists. <laughs> Actually, when it comes to some of them, I, I won't I won't say their name, but it's spelled F I F A. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They they might even be corrupt. <laughs> there there uh, might be, there might even be television shows that have been dedicated to showing that. Uh, anyway, but like well, I said, I didn't say the name. All I did was spell it. Yeah, it rhymes with Pep Ladder. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway yeah so the international champions cup coming to orlando july 22nd uh psg against tottenham and um you know it, it'll be fun uh to have this event in our town and uh, you know i'd just like to see more of this i've heard rumblings that maybe orlando city stadium might be in line for a national team friendly in the calendar year of 2017 that's just a, a rumor that I've heard. I've got sources that have said this to me that it's not necessarily that it's going to happen, but it's certainly uh, something that's being discussed and something that's being attempted. So, um, you know, we just want to continue to grow this, grow this city as a, as a, uh, you know, a soccer destination and, and, uh, you know, show that we have uh, the passion for the sport here in the city. Beautiful. And I think we're showing that with Orlando city games, um, 
nothing but positives, you know, about the new stadium and the way it looks and the way it sounds on, on TV. Uh, I'm hearing from around the league. So uh, it's all part of it. And, and I'm, I'm happy that we got the ICC to come here, even if it's not uh, my preferred matchup of United against Roma. But, <laughs> uh, you know, they didn't ask me. They never just came to me and said, what would I like to see? You know, that's, maybe maybe that's just an oversight on their part. It's it's obviously a gross oversight, but I, <laughs> I wanted to comment on the stadium. Um, so when uh, Jerry Jones built his house in Texas and had the big screen and all that, guess what? A bunch of people wanted to go have games there. Why? Because it was a really cool stadium. Well, guess what? Orlando City has the best stadium in MLS right now. And so, like you said, nothing's for sure, but it would be really hard for somebody to not be, you know, to, to not justify coming and playing a match at that stadium. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a summer of soccer. It'll be we'll have we'll have our team. Uh, we'll have, of course, um, our teams, Orlando City, Orlando City B and the Pride all playing at Orlando City Stadium. We'll have the ICC coming to Camping World Stadium, maybe some more international friendlies. Um, you know, the more the merrier, I say. So uh, if you uh, if you if you had to, you know, add to hold a gun to my head and say who's going to win that game, uh, Tottenham probably wins it. But I'll be pulling for PSG. <laughs> you know i got no dog in that hunt so uh... <laughs> yeah i don't know um i i'm just i'm just um i think it's i think the only thing that really bugs me about spurs is that every blogger from every sport in this country seems to be a spurs fan oh i know why i have to root for them <laughs> no wait now i just remembered why i have to root for them um I'm in Tallahassee, and they the the Tallahassee team is uh, uh, they they do the Tottenham Hotspurs thing. So it's a Tallahassee thing. What do you mean they do the to- Tottenham? That's Hotspurs so thing? like the local the 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 local club team is they they associate themselves with ah. hot. So uh, it, it's are they camp- affiliated or is it a is it an actual formal affiliation? Yeah, oh. I can't imagine that it is. No, oh, no so they're no. just they just call themselves that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's still it's my town. Well, let's screw them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean I would have much rather yeah. that they you know had a, uh, a cop here and that it was a Liverpool United uh, Liverpool thing. But you know uh, I didn't. They didn't. Once again, they didn't ask me. Just like nobody asked you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, people better start asking us more. They really should. They really should. You know, they, they need to get our input. All right, Dave, that's going to do it. I think we've, uh, we've, we've done all the damage we can do for episode number 78 of the mainland podcast. Uh, again, thanks to Anthony Pulis. He is the Orlando city B head coach and, uh, he's got his hands full this weekend. Uh, but we wish him good luck, not only Saturday, but also all season long, uh, as he, uh, develops the talent that will be our future MLS players at Orlando City. And um, it'll be a fun game to watch, I think, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Of course, we'll be back next week to talk about that. We'll be talking about the Pride and their trip to South Florida, uh, or the University of South Florida. And um, we'll also be previewing a big April 1st showdown. The first turns out to be the first road game for Orlando City because of the uh, – Winter Storm Reggie cancellation or postponement, I should say, of the New England game. But the uh, the Lions will be going to 
visit Columbus Crew in Maffrey Stadium on uh, April 1st. The mainland's going to have a writer at that game, Dave. Oh, and who would that be? That'll be our own Guillermo Torres, who ac- actually lives in Columbus, Ohio. So he's going to be there on hand for us to cover that game. And that'll be the, I think, the fourth different uh, road games, uh, road game venue that we've we've been to. Plus, of course, we sent Andrew to to Rio uh, to cover the friendly, um, what the year before last. So uh, we we're, we're we're getting around. Of course, when this I, is this when is I, part <laughs> of your master plan, is it? You're trying to recruit writers from every other city so that we can cover everything. You are a genius, sir. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for being that smart. That's just that's <laughs> just that the people in Orlando aren't applying for jobs, uh, <laughs> writing on our staff. It's just people from all over the country. So, uh, so we take advantage of that and use the that. resources that you have. So, uh, Guillermo is a fantastic writer. We're very happy to have him on the staff, uh, for the last couple of months. And I'm looking forward to having him, uh, cover the event. He's, he's a Brazilian, so he knows the game. He grew up on the game and, uh, he'll, he'll be, uh, bringing us our recap, uh, from Maffrey stadium, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, formerly crew stadium. And um, that one hopefully will go in the way of the lads in purple, although they might be wearing white in that game. Anyway, uh, we'll be back to talk about that game next week. We'll have a new special guest. We'll talk about the I-4 Derby. We'll talk about all of the happenings in uh, Major League Soccer. And we, I mean, there's so much going on. We didn't even talk about Real Salt Lake firing their coach. Uh, we didn't even talk about Bastian Schweinsteiger signing with the fire. Uh, but we just don't have time to talk about everything. As much as we'd like to. So uh, we'll be back on behalf of David Rowe. Please uh, remember to uh, visit us online at themainland.com. Follow us on uh, Twitter at themainland. Spell Maine like a lion's mane, M-A-N-E. And, of course, uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, As I mentioned, on behalf of Dave Rowe, I'm Michael Citro from the mainland. Signing off, as I always do, by saying, Go City!